Are you an ambitious, driven entrepreneur starting to feel overwhelmed, maybe a little trapped by your business? Well, I have a solution for you. It is the five-day bottleneck to breakthrough challenge, where in an hour a day, we will give you the roadmap, the blueprint, the treasure map to where you can find yourself with more free time, more freedom of money, and a more valuable business. Hope to see you soon www.bottlenecktobreakthrough.com. Are you a serious, ambitious entrepreneur ready to grow your business? You're in the right spot. We're kicking off this season with Justin Green, and we're having an amazing interview about the difference between a business owner and an entrepreneur and how your mindset plus your network equals opportunity. You're not going to want to miss this one. This is The Real Bottom Line, where we tell entrepreneurial stories about true grit and perseverance from frontline business owners themselves. Now, let's get started. Hello, and welcome to The Real Bottom Line. Today, my guest is Justin Breen. Welcome, Justin. Hello, hello. Excellent. You are my first cross-border guest. You're from Chicago or just outside of Chicago, is that correct? Yeah, the uh, Toronto of the South, uh, you know, so there's two fundamental differences. My brain simplifies into patterns, so there's two fundamental differences between Chicago and Toronto. Um, Other than that, they're the same city. So one is uh, Toronto's horizontal to the lake, Chicago vertical, and Toronto is more, Chinatown, Chicago has more crime. Other than that, they're the exact same city. Okay, interesting. I love them both. (laughs) Both great. Well, as you know, Justin, this is a podcast for entrepreneurs. And um, what I know for sure is that you recently joined the entrepreneur realm. How long have you been an entrepreneur now? Yeah. So what I've learned throughout this process is I was an entrepreneur before I was born, but in, I guess, human terms, uh, I started my first company April 16th, 2017. And that journey really started February 10th, 2017, after my job salary as a journalist was cut in half. So we're nearing the five-year anniversary of job. Oh, wow. Okay. Congratulations. Um, What was the biggest lesson you had learning? So you were a journalist, which was an industry that has, wow, changed tremendously in the last number of years. And as you segmented over into entrepreneur world, what was your biggest lesson? Yeah. So number one, and, uh, you know, I was an entrepreneur who happens to be a journalist. So journalists who are journalists had no idea what I was talking about when I was a journalist for 20 years and PR firms just annoyed me for 20 years. So I've created my entire business model based on being annoyed, uh, for 20 <laughs> years and, and journalists have knowing I did no idea what I was talking about. So here we are. And I have a global company that only works with the top people on the planet and just launched, yeah. a, launched a second one. Okay. So that's, that's what I mean. I was this person before I was born. Yes. Um, I just had to have my job salary cut in half and then go through this process to figure that out. So you were pushed but, off the cliff, if you will. Well, I just got a mug from someone uh, the other day. One, one of my it's interesting. A lot of my partners send me have sent me thank you gifts um, over the past year, which means a lot uh, for the holidays. And one of them was a mug uh, that had entrepreneur, uh, you know, the word. And then the definition was uh, getting or falling off a cliff and or jumping off a cliff cliff and building a plane on the way down. So I <laughs> thought that was a pretty good one. I thought that was good. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's kind of how it is, but I mean, the number one lesson is, uh, family first. That's, you know, mm. uh, I'm, I'm a dad who happens to be an entrepreneur and I will never be an entrepreneur that lets entrepreneur life destroy my family life. I mean, I, I see, I see that time and time again, people winning the wrong game. So number one lesson is I just like spending time with my family. That's awesome. I actually just had that conversation with a client of mine who is looking to become an entrepreneur. I said, you need to build what you want your life to be first and then craft your business around that. Yeah. I mean, the first line in my book after the prologue is if you don't put your family first, put the book down, I can't help you. So, um, you know, I, most of my day, not all of it, but most of my day is talking to folks running, uh, in us dollars, uh, high six figure to 10 figure businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, um, you know, I can hear right away if someone's winning the wrong game and talk about revenue, employee count, office space, uh, you know, new car I'll, and, and that's fine. Stuff. That's fine. Just, if they talk about stuff, they're talking about stuff. Yeah. I mean, so, 
Uh, and and I'll dovetail what I said about you know most of my days talking to these people is because um, because my personality and just how I communicate it kind of weeds out a lot of those folks. Now most of my days talking to folks like that who are uh, you know seeing their family more than they ever thought possible and doing stuff with their family. That that's good stuff to me. Stuff. Well, they've shifted their focus um, back yeah. to their family first. Hundred percent. Yeah. So that seems to be very much a values based um, piece. Um, what other values do you have that you, that are your true North when it comes to your running your business, making business decisions, yeah. choosing clients? Yeah. I mean, so I, I, they choose me, meaning like I'm the buyer. Uh, I haven't done outbound sales or gimmicks or marketing or any, and that's fine for people that do that. I, I appreciate it. I just don't, my, my personality repels wrong fit and attracts right fit. And and the people that it attracts are top folks in the world um, who put their families first and then and then people that will do whatever it takes to become those people. So there's no what do you cost or charge. There's no nickel and diming. There's what does an investment with you look like, which I'm, I'm guessing you'll appreciate because, you know, you're in the investment world. And uh, so it just eliminates it just eliminates that. I mean. And it's fun because once you find right fit people, they just introduce you to other right fit people. So, you know, most of my day is talking to right fit people and then I introduce them to other right fit people. And then those people introduce me to other right fit people. So it eliminates most of the cost scarcity that, you know, most of the world is living. And I just ignore it and I repel it because I'm so direct. And the reason why I'm so direct is because I put my family first. I mean, that's it. I mean, that's the true North is my family first. And then I only ask myself two questions every day, only two. One is, did I have uh, at least one good experience that day with my family? And then two is, did my network grow on a global level? So, I mean, that's it. All this other stuff takes care of itself. Mm. You mentioned the investment in your product. I imagine it was a bit of an evolution over the last <laughs> five years yeah. of how did you price yourself? And, and tell, can you talk to me about how you started? Yeah, absolutely. And where you are now in the evolution of your mindset. <laughs> yeah, so that's a good question because I like to, you know, most people, um, they think they know where they're going, but they don't know where they come from. And that if you don't know where you come from, then you can't really understand where you are and then you don't really know where you're going. So a lot of people just want to think where they're going, but they don't know where they come from. So I always like to think about where I came from. And again, I started my first company uh, with zero business background, because I'm not a business owner. I'm just an entrepreneur who happens to be a journalist. And so I started that with zero business background, not a global company that, you know, top people in the world reach out to me to, to partner with. So, um, so the first check in US dollars that I ever got that said Brepic uh, was for $500. And uh, it, it's not that I wish I'd saved it, but it would have been fun to save that, you know, to save that stub. Um, um, cause I was so happy to get it that day. Um, um, at the time, no one even knew I had my own company, uh, because I was working full time at half the salary while I was reaching out to people, uh, after I incorporated. So no one even knew it hadn't even been public that I had my own company yet. So, um, so the first check was for $500 and I'm very grateful to that, that company. It was a small restaurant. There's no way they would be a, a partner now that just wouldn't, I mean, my firm's rates of, I don't even know what the times, you know, the multiple, no multiplier on that is, but it's, it's way more than $500. And what I found is as, um, as you raise rates, it attracts serious people who will make the investment and not quibble over cost charge. They'll look at everything as an investment. And what that does is, is a bigger investment, smaller room, bigger impact. So people make bigger investments to be in a smaller room uh, where I just connect people to higher and higher level people, but those people make the most impact. And that allows me to make the biggest investment in my, in the smallest room, which is my family where I can make the most impact. So people that make the investment in my firm, they allow me to spend more time with my family and people that talk and never do anything about it. They just, they just take time away from my family. So I just don't talk to those people anymore. Talk to, me about the, talk to me about the small room. Um, I love this concept. We, you know, obviously the smaller the room, the bigger the ticket, the more the decision makers, but how did you decide which ones to go to? How did you find the small rooms and how did you find the money for the first time you wrote the big check? Yeah. See, so, 
So these are good questions. Um, and so, you know, most people can't do this. They're not meant to be top entrepreneur on the planet, which is fine. I mean, you know, my firm partners with maybe one out of a thousand folks. Um, my new company is essentially LinkedIn without the BS. It's a high price point invite only connectivity platform. So, I, you know, I'm just the buyer. Uh, I just partner with the people that want to pay and invest to be in that. And so most people can't, they, they just get, they get stopped with those questions at the start because they can't even, they, they can't even imagine how this is done. I mean, that's why I wrote my book because I'm like, oh, here's 30. Okay, here, this is how I did it. But, but everything to me, even at the start was an investment. Mm -hmm. So what does that mean? The first groups, I, I guess, networking groups I was in were like $200 and, and that's fine. I, I'm still in that one because I'm loyal. Um, but no one understood what I was talking about because they're business owners, not entrepreneurs. They're small business owners. I'm, I'm an entrepreneur. So they weren't thinking globally. They were, you know, they were thinking hourly rates. I'm just not, you know, I was never that person. And uh, then there was a $500 group. Then there was a $2,000 group. Uh, then there was a $5,000. This is yearly, yearly rates. Yep. So okay, 5,000. Okay. Then there was then there was a 10,000. And now, now I'm in two in us dollars, 25,000 each, you know, strategic coach, 10 X, and then uh, abundance 360 um, summit. So, but those are just investments and it's never been a cost ever. I just kept making bigger and bigger investments because smaller room, bigger impact, you know, allows me to spend most time in small through my family, most impact. I mean, it's the same formula. Mm -hmm. um, so I'll just keep writing bigger and bigger checks because it's a bigger investment, smaller room, bigger impact. Hmm. So you, you, you definitely had a ladder that you went up. Um, but it, it seems to me that there's still some mindset pieces. Um, do you believe that you always had this mindset and it's just now activated or did you develop this mindset along the way? Yep. If, okay, yeah. So it's, it's, it's the answer to the, both of those is yes. So I was always this person. I just didn't know it until my job salary got cut in half. So you know, I was just born to, I mean, just so you understand, because I know where I come from. My father was 61 when I was born and my mom was 27. Um, my father would be 105 now. Wow. If he was, yeah. So that, this is what, yeah. So actually, um, yeah, he's uh, his uh, 106th or 100, yeah, 106th birthday would is uh, February 8th and he died January 18th. But so he was a World War II hero, got in a plane multiple times without a parachute shot down multiple times, became an attorney in the Nuremberg trials, came from nothing, 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 uh, you know, became the president of an insurance company. He died when I was 13. And uh, he wrote a diary of his uh, fighting in the Battle of the Hurricane Forest, which was a very deadly battle toward the end of World War II. And I found the diary after he died. And I write exactly like he does. Um, just boom, 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 boom. Just result, result, result. There's no fluff or nonsense. You just, you just, you know, you get back in the plane. But even if you don't have the parachute, so that's my dad. And then my mom was 27, and uh, and so my dad was hit by a drunk driver in his late 50s. Drunk driver killed instantly. Highway accident. My dad survived. Broke every bone in his in his body. He survived. Um, you don't, you just figure it out. And then my mom was his nurse. So my mom literally nursed him, you know, saved his life. And, uh, so most of my days talking to top entrepreneurs in the world, I've, and I've never, I still haven't met anyone in my life with more hustle than my mom ever. I've, mm -hmm. So, okay. So I'm just the product of that. I'm just the, I'm just the combination of that. So th that's the first part of your question. I was always this person, but the second part is, um, you know, I just work on my mindset every day. I mean, I just, I just work on my mindset every single day and, uh, on the Clifton Gallup strength finders, um, I'm almost dead last in ideation. I have almost no good ideas, but I mean, but that's actually a strength because most of the people I talk to are idea, 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 idea. They're all over the place. And then my brain is like, no, 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 no. Yes. Yes. Do that. And then my top three are activate, maximize, achieve. So it's simplify and then activate at the highest global level. And it's just result, 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 result. But, but it's really easy for me because I don't overthink anything. I just execute. Right. There's no overthinking. There's no feeling. And you and I are the same print. Point in the direction know. and off you go. Yeah. Well, it just, you get it done. Yep. And so most of the folks I talk to 
are a combination in, in the Clifton Gallup strength finders, they're a combination of like ideator futuristic. So they're off floating around in whatever future land that is. Um, but they have some mix of activator maximizer in there. So they're, they'll actually do something about it now. And then my brain hears blah, 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 blah. And then my brain simplify intro, simplify intro, simplify intro. It's just easy and it's fun because those people are very grateful for me because I simplify and activate their lives. And then I'm very grateful for them because they're the ones that actually create everything. And then we'll actually do something about it. They'll actually invest. They're not going to talk and blah, 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 and never do anything about it. They'll just do it. So, but that's all, that's all a byproduct of the second part of your question is just working on my mindset and repelling wrong fit who won't do anything about it. And then just attracting people that, okay, let's go. So what do you do to work on your mindset? What do you consume? Yeah. So I consume a lot of good content. And again, I simplify everything in my life. So the first thing I do every, every day, every day, I do a grateful journal to my wife. So I write down what I'm grateful for, for her. Uh, my wife's a human at the highest level. She's a pediatrician. So she's love, warmth, empathy, kindness, what, whatever that stuff is. And then she's taught me somewhat to be a human. So the most important thing for her is for me to say thank you. So I do that every day with that. And then two, I run outside six days a week, no matter the weather. So it's not Toronto cold, but it gets cold here. Um, it's cold here now. So I've, I've run outside for 20 years. And when I run, I listen to podcasts like these. And then three, I do a grateful journal on LinkedIn. Uh, I'll, I'll include this in that. But every Monday through Friday, I have about 27,000 followers there. So here's what I'm grateful for today, every Monday through Friday. So when you're constantly grateful, it's really hard to be ungrateful. I mean, it's really hard. It's really, yeah. and then, and I just surround myself with people who are grateful and they don't care about stuff. They care about doing stuff with their families. So that's my point. You just hang out with the right people. Hmm. Um, so would you say then that you are already, you're, you're, you are already predisposed to have a good mindset and now you're just enhancing it? I think that's a fair question. Um, I was predisposed to be top performing entrepreneur in the world, and I needed to learn from being in wrong fit places to where I actually belonged and where I belong is, you know, places like strategic coach 10 X and then abundance 360 summit. Cause those are the only people that understand what I'm talking about. And they're the only ones that are going to do anything about it. So, um, and then what's exciting is, is because because I'm so low in ideation, I depend on ideators for good ideas. And then I'm like, oh, that's a good idea. I'll do that. Okay, that's a good idea. Be grateful. I'll do that. That's a good idea. Spend as much time with your family as you can. Okay, I'll do that. I just depend on ideators. It's a good symbiotic relationship, I guess. It, well, it, I mean, again, I haven't done up on sales in years. Uh, and never, I mean, I never will have to again. I mean, the um, Private Wealth Magazine, um, and we can talk about media if you want to, like regular mainstream media is great, but it, it doesn't move the needle anymore. It's podcasts like these for, for people like us, for people like us, podcasts are replacing that. But um, there's a magazine, Private Wealth Magazine. Um, they just did a huge, huge story uh, on my new company. They reached out to me. So they have, I don't know, they have about 2000 subscribers. Most of the folks who read that are eight figure revenue. I, they reached out to me. I mean, and I'm very grateful for that, but like, that's what I mean. It just, when you, when you project, project this and send out these type of radio frequencies, that's the type of audience that is attracted to it. And you can send out whatever radio frequencies you want to, if you want to work with small nonprofits, um, if you want to work hourly, you can project that. I just choose to project this because it allows me to spend the most time with my family. And it allows me to actually change the world because these people will actually make the investment to do it. They'll just do it. And I, I can help those people. Oh, fascinating. So yeah. there's a couple elements of places where I'd like to dig down a little bit. So you mentioned media, yeah. uh, there's, you know, there's bot media, there's the PR, <laughs> the public relations side of media. So yeah. you're saying mainstream is kind of dead. Where should people spend their time and how do they find these, these places to spend the time? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, it's funny because uh, today is the three-year anniversary that my wife and I were on the Today Show, which in the U.S., that's, you know, top three show in the country. Um, yeah. 
and I, they reached out to me. I didn't, and it was funny because we became international dating experts because of that, but that was funny. Um, <laughs> that was a good idea that I had. And that, that's what, what I mean. If I have a good idea, then activate, maximize, achieve. But, but you know, podcasts are replacing mainstream media uh, in terms of relevance and importance for three reasons, because my brain hears blah, 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 and simplifies into patterns. That's just how it works. So, um, um, so one, one, uh, the host is an entrepreneur, not a journalist. So they're coming from a place of abundance, not scarcity. I mean, I was a journalist for 20 years. Journalists who are journalists are not asking questions like entrepreneurs. They're just not. <laughs> they're totally different, totally different mindset. Okay, so two, you can do a deep dive on the subject. This is a prime example, 30, 45 minutes, an hour. So you really get to know the person. Um, and you get to know the host, but you get to, you know, you get to know the host and you get to know the guest. And then three, the audience might not be, as, this is what I've seen has been the most important. The, the audience might not be as large uh, quantity wise, but it's a far more qualified audience. I don't care if 10 people are listening to it, but if it's the right 10, that's all I care about. Mm. So, I mean, most mainstream has no idea what I'm talking about, but that's fine. But, you know, the one out of a thousand who does, those are the ones that will change the world and will make the investment to do it. They'll actually do it. So those are the only people I want to talk to anyway. Yeah. Um, how did you decide who you wanted to talk to? Yeah, so my entire litmus test is very simple because I simplify into patterns. So if I talk to someone, and I know right away because most of my day is talking to top entrepreneurs in the world now. Uh, if I talk to someone and I realize they're going to take time away from me and my family, I'll never talk to that person again. So that's it. I mean, that's, that's my... What would they do to, to make you think that? Yep. So there's, again, simplifying the pattern. So if somebody asks, what do you cost or charge? I'll never talk to that person again, because they're living in transactional cost scarcity world and transactional cost scarcity world hang out, hangs out with other cost transactional scarcity world, because that's, that's it. So they're toxic for themselves, but their network is also toxic. And then when you attract a bunch, I only, I only partner with people with visionary abundance, investment mindset, visionary abundance investment. So Again, simplify into patterns. If you have those three attributes, you can only be one of two types of people. One, you're running a high six-figure to a 10-figure business US. You see your family and friends whenever you want to, and you do what you like to do and what you're good at. Or you're going to be one of those people. You're not there revenue profit-wise, but you will be. So there is no what do you cost or charge. There's what does an investment would you look like? So it eliminates 99.9% .9 of the population, but I'm totally fine with that because the 0.1% are the ones, again, that will actually do it and make the investment they're the ones that will actually change the world not there it's a fundamental difference mm. fundamental. So you think that the media world is going to the podcast route as, as well, the, i don't think like, i know i mean again i i can barely tie my shoes um <laughs> i've spent my entire life in the media so i don't i know that i've lived I, it from a first-hand perspective in a client i see this every day there's no thinking about again like like if you ask me out of my zone of genius to answer anything, I don't know the answer to that. And I don't care. But like in this world, I know it. I see it every single day. And I've seen it every single day, pretty much my entire life. I've been, you know, I was born with that story. I mean, mm -hmm. I write exactly like my father does. I found that diary after he died. So it's just in me. So I just see how it works. And then I just stay in that zone of genius. I don't leave it. I don't leave my network and I don't leave my family. That's it. Oh, that's fascinating. Um, the network piece, you talked a little bit about how you grew into the smaller rooms. Um, how do people find the right rooms? Yeah, well, you keep making, again, it's you make, you keep making bigger and bigger investments, but it's always an investment. It's never a cost. Mm -hmm. Again, most people stop at the $200 room and they get annoyed. So, and then they're like, I can't do this. That's why most people can't, they're not, meant to be this person so it was it's a good story <clears throat> my sons are uh, nine and seven nine and seven and um so i was talking to one of my seven-year-old's uh teammates uh on a soccer team the other day because he was complaining about um he's complaining whining about training too hard and i go that's unacceptable you keep unacceptable so i was telling him i'm like so I was asking him, like, how many people do you think I reached out to to find my first five clients when, when after my job salary was cut in half and I was working full time at half the salary? Um, and he goes, oh, 50. I go, no, I've reached out to 5,000 people to get my first five clients. So one out of 1,000 people said yes, 900. And he, it was like a cartoon jaw dropping. 
but most people can't. It's the same adult reaction to, to a seven-year-old. So they can't even, they're not meant to do that. And that's fine, by the way, because the world, the world needs more employees or business owners. You know, if everyone was like this, nothing would, nothing would actually get done because no one would follow through on any of this. Mm. It, would, it would just be, I mean, just imagine that. That would not be a good, there has to be people to follow through on this or manage or whatever that is. So, um, but that's what I mean. Most people just stop at the, they stop at the start. They can't even get past. Yeah. Couldn't reach out to 10 people. They can't do it. That's Mm. fine, by the way. Do you feel like your entire life is about reaching the pinnacle of business success? Solid referrals, a steady stream of leads in the pipeline, profit year after year. But what's next for you? Are you going to keep working hard, hoping that the money will magically start multiplying in ways that you don't even know about now? Maybe you'll pick up an investment property or two to add to your portfolio. Can you even retire? Can you step back or step away or exit completely and not lose everything you've built? If you don't have the answers to these questions, you are not alone. This is exactly why I created the Total Wealth Accelerator, a program designed specifically to show you, the successful business owner, how to build your own private wealth portfolio. Because there's more to you than your business, and there should be more to your wealth than what you make from the business you've created. I want to show you how. Go to the Total Wealth Accelerator now to learn more. That's TotalWealthAccelerator.com. The question that I've, that's coming up for me now is I, I'm in the small room. I made the investment. How do I capitalize on that? How have you capitalized on that? Is it just talking your you know, get having people get to know you and what you do. Um, did you set up appointments? How did you capitalize on those smaller rooms? Well, it's an investment. So, and, and financial investments, one thing, but it's an investment in time. Yep. It's, I mean, you know, everything to me is an investment. Um, and, uh, you know, once I meet someone, then it's how you leverage that relationship and create value for that person. So mm-hmm. all I do is create value. For, I mean, and again, I think, you know, to really simplify it, the reason why First Company has astronomically grown beyond my wildest dreams, again, I have zero business background. I don't even know what an S-Corp is. I have no idea what it is. Um, um, and and it's I didn't even know you had to pay taxes four times a year when I started this. Um, and I still get annoyed doing that stuff because I don't care about it, but it has to get done. But the re- number one reason it's it's grown beyond my wildest dreams is just because I'm constantly providing value to people, constantly introducing people to right fit people. So natural byproduct of that is people are constantly introducing me to, you know, to right fit people. And like what happens is, what happens is like that private wealth magazine story, um, which I'm very thankful for. Very, very, I mean, beyond, I mean, I know what an article like that is worth. I mean, it's worth millions, of millions. I mean, because the people reading that. So so it's like, oh, yeah, well, when you have partners for your PR firm, introduce them to me and I'll do stories on them. I go, OK, thank you. So, you know, we talked about raising rates. That, I mean, that's a big reason why I raised my rates again this year for 2022, because I know what that article's worth. Yeah. That article's worth. <laughs> I mean, it, it's worth, you know, that's what I mean. Like mainstream media is fine, but an article in something like that, that's what <laughs> it. Because I, I know I live in this world. I know what I know. what it, So. So my point is, is though, because I'm constantly creating value for right fit people, opportunities like that happen because I'm leveraging relationships and creating value from the investment of being in these groups. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. So you wrote a book, which uh, actually made it to my top five list from last year, uh, which was called Epic Business, 30 Secrets to Build Your Business Exponentially and Give You the Freedom to Live the Life You Want. You. What were your top three lessons that you taught in that book or that you talked about? Yeah. I mean, I'm, you know, or your three favorites, you know, I'm really, I'm thank you very much. I mean, I appreciate, you know, that book came out in 2020 and again in May of 2020. So Mm. Chris Voss did the forward. So Chris Voss wrote never split the difference. And you know, anyone who has anything has read that or knows. So, but like most people do stuff and it's meaningless. It's because there's no meaning behind it. So I actually do almost nothing unless there's, but if I do something, then it has to be at that level. Cause otherwise what's the point? Um, so it's, you know, it's been a, it's been a great thing because I'm constantly doing media interviews like this. And then, and then um, it's great for me. I'm very thankful for that. And it's great for my partners as well. Cause I'm, you know, host wants to interview them too. And then it just creates mm. value, 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 value. Okay. But 
So the three things, um, and just this very quick background, like the people are fascinated because like, they're like, how did you do this? You have no business background and you know, there's no office. It doesn't employee counts meaningless. You don't care about revenue. Like it's mean it's, but okay. Now you have a global company that works with top people on the planet and launched a second company that is, you know, a thousand X of what I'm already doing. They're like, how did you do that? I'm like, well, here you go. So it's 30 things, 30 things. And so the number one thing is do what you like to do, what you're good at. That's one. Two is only partner, only partner uh, with people who look at things as investments, not costs, like what we were talking about earlier. If someone asks, what do you cost or charge? That's the end of, end of discussion forever. Um, unless they come around and say, hey, I'm ready to make an investment, because that does happen. They'll reach out to me and be like, hey, my mindset has shifted. But um, and then the third thing is when you start a business, uh, when you start a business, it takes two full years to really, really figure it out. Two years. Hmm. Yeah. What did you learn in the first two years? That I'm not a business owner. I'm an entrepreneur. Yeah. That's interesting. So what do you, the, do you think the essential difference is um, the purpose behind it? It's a, no, there's a fundamental difference. So business owners care about uh, revenue, employee count, uh, office space, margins, all that BS. And that's fine, by the way, but to me, it's BS. Um, and they're trying to change their world there, there. An entrepreneur cares about time with family, purpose, um, uh, really, really creating value and changing the world, the, not there. It's a fundamental difference. It's fundamental. Mm -hmm. I can't help the, their world people. I can't help them. And so here's what I mean. So like how my low ideation works is I hear a good idea and I'll be like, I'll do that. And if I hear a bad idea, I'm going to be like, I'm not going to be like that. So I'll give you an example. I took my kids out, uh, over the, the Christmas break. Uh, to another Chicago suburb, we had an, an overnight at a hotel. And this was a really fascinating story. And this is how I learned. So I was, we were at a dessert place, small business, it's been around since 1994. So I guess you would think that's successful. And I was talking to the, the business owner, he, he's a great guy. And I like to talk to people like that. And his daughter was working there. And, uh, and, uh, and it was a Tuesday. I'm like, oh, you know, and I, I brought up some strategic coach terms like, oh, did you take in any free days or taken any time off this week? He's like, no, everyone called in sick. I had to, I had to come in today. I'm like, oh, when's the last time you had a day off? He goes, oh, I've never had a day off. And, and this is someone who's been running the company since 1994. And he's like, I'm always worried about employees and, and whether the electricity is going to work and, you know, refrigeration and all that stuff. And and it was, here's where he said, here's the, the real rub. And he goes, if I had to do it all over again, I never would have done this. I've never met this person before, but people tell me stuff like that all the time because I'm, you know, journalist, entrepreneur happens to be a journalist and very inquisitive. And so I go to my kids, I go, so what do you think about that? Because they were listening, they were listening. Because um, I was telling, I was telling the business owner, I'm like, yeah, I, you know, I don't care about employee account. I have two global companies. There's no office. And he goes that he, and he goes to my kids, he goes, that's the way, that's the way to do it, guys. That's the way to do it. And, but it was a really fascinating thing because, you know, these business owners get trapped in a business. They get trapped in their own world of a business. They're not. And, and it's sad because um, it's sad because there's so much out there that could be had, but they got trapped by their, they got trapped by winning the wrong game. That's most business owners. That's most small businesses. They're trapped by their own their own business, which is very sad to me. Well, it probably means they're not reaching their potential. That is for sure. Well, they're, they're limited by their own mindset, mm. you know, and, and, um, and they're limited by think, by winning the wrong game. And again, it all starts it, to me again, this is, this is me and most of the people I talk to, but it all starts with family. If you can't, again, that's why it's the first line of my book after the prologue. If you don't put your family first, then it's what's the, it's pointless. It's like, what are, or friends or whatever that is, because like, I just, I just see it. Um, you know, when I first started, I was talking to really wealthy people and I was, I'd always ask them, I go, how's your family? Or, you know, cause you know, at the time I had two really, really young kids and, uh, and they're like, oh, I never had a family. Or I never saw my family. I'm like, and you just hear, you hear the hurt. You see the hurt. Cause this was pre COVID. It was pre COVID. So you're in a real room. And, and, um, 
I'm so I'm like, that's a bad idea. I won't do that. That's I mean, that's literally as simple as it is. And again, I know what it's like to not have a dad around. You know, most of my life has been without my father. So I'm not going, I'm not that person. I'm just will never be that person. Absolutely. Well, I am going to open it up to the audience now to see if there are any questions on okay. the floor. Um, thank you for that. It's fascinating. Such an interesting piece about how, you know, your upbringing definitely plays a role um, mm -hmm. in how you manifest now. So um, if you have a question, just uh, unmute yourself and see if there's any out there. Oh, here we go. Melanie. Did you see me moving? I no. did. I, I, uh, I have the ESPN. <laughs> um, wow. Sorry. My mind is really processing a lot because a lot of what you said, thank you, Justin, um, is quite new to me. And I understand what you mean by how you can take something and simplify it. Mm. Um, and uh, a lot of what I do is marketing. So I have a real appreciation for that ability. Yeah, and nice. it's been a learning process for me, uh, for sure. Um, anyway, so one of the distinctions that you're making, um, I'm going to try and be as concise as you are with my question. You talked about the difference between a business owner or a business, not all business owners are necessarily entrepreneurs, right? Um, and that was the first time I'd heard that distinction made. And I wonder if you could talk a little bit about what, how you came to that understanding yourself, like when that first kind of crystallized for you. Yeah, that's a great, so, so, so the way you ask questions and how you learn is exactly how I learn. That's exactly, I just ask a question and then, then I talk to people who have, have, have more wisdom than me. And then they give the answer. I'm like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll just do that. Cause I'm activate, maximize, achieve. So I appreciate, I mean, that's literally, I mean, that's how I learn. Um, that's how I learned. And so how I learned is I kept making bigger investments to be in, in smaller rooms where people were entrepreneurs and not business owners. Because when you make bigger investments to be in smaller rooms, the business owners disappear after a while. For the, for the most part, they're entrepreneurs at this point. Um, and biz, again, because as you go into these smaller rooms where it's bigger investments, it's very, very, you know, there are some exceptions, but at, for the most part, the rooms I'm in right now, it's people changing the world. They've already changed their world. They've already done that. So now they're changing the world. And to the point earlier about it takes two full years, most people actually think it takes a lot longer, but they're not activator, maximizer, achievers like me. They overthinkers um, and they take a little while longer to make a decision than I do. I'll just do it. But, but the first two years, it's about learning like who you are and then who you are not. I am not a glad handing BS PR firm owner. I am not a business owner. I am not uh, an entrepreneur who happens to be a dad. I am not someone who would let entrepreneur life destroy my family life. I'm not someone who cares about employee account or revenue. I am someone who wants to spend time with my family. I am someone who cares about profit. I am someone who wants to change the world. I mean, that's but it took two full years to really figure that out. And then I just keep learning more and more every single day, every day. Interesting. Can I have a quick follow-up question? Yep. Yeah. You're, you're, um, the people that you find get the most, that you deliver the most value to as your clients, yeah. are they typically um, service-oriented, product-oriented, or is it a mix? Yeah, that's another good question. Um, so... Um, when you have visionary abundance investment mindset, the product or service is completely meaningless. It's mm -hmm. totally meaningless with one exception because I simplify into patterns. So there's only one vertical I completely ignore um, is it's politics. Not because I don't like it, but it's just the opposite of visionary abundance investment mindset. It's literally the opposite of, I mean, it's argue instead of do anything. It's blah, talk instead of act. I mean, so I just ignore it. So the formula for creating a successful global company is very simple because I turn everything into patterns. As you see a problem, you create solution, problem solve successful global companies. So I was a journalist for 20 years, created my entire business model based on how PR firms annoyed me for 20 years. Saw a problem, created solution, problem solve successful global company. And all these people I talked to all day, they saw a problem, they created a solution, problem solve successful global companies. So what product or service it is, that's completely meaningless. It just solves the problem. It just yeah. solved the problem. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. You're welcome. Question, Justin. 
how did you decide to become global? Did it just happen because of the rooms you were in? Or is it, was it a no, definite? It was always, no, 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 uh, no, no, right. So that's world domination was always the plan. I mean, so most people like us are uh, aliens within their own family, vertical and community. No one understands us except other aliens. So I grow, I live <clears throat> and work, I guess work. I live and uh, have grown up in the North shore of Chicago, uh, which is a pretty affluent, it's upper middle class, <clears throat> wealthy area. This is the cheapest cost conscious. People drive nice cars around here. They're, the first question most people ask around here is what do you cost or charge? So that's an automatic disqualifier for me. So I had to find people that actually understood what I was talking about. And what I found is it doesn't matter where someone lives. It doesn't matter what they do. It doesn't matter how big their company is. Again, product service, that's, that's totally meaningless. I go, they have, they have the right mindset. They either have that or they don't. So the beauty of that is, is when you find those people, it's totally meaningless where, what where they live. It's totally meaningless what they do. Uh, it's totally meaningless how big the company is because they have the right mindset that wants to change the world. Um, and another good exercise that, again, I simplify everything. And it wasn't my idea. It was a friend and client of mine, Joe Martin. He names his years. He names his years. So it's a good exercise. So 2020 was global growth. So every day, global growth, global growth, global growth. So what happened? Okay, clients around the world. 2021 was no limits. So when you have no limits, there are no limits. Okay, so I launched a second company with someone I'd met one time in person at a giant launch party we held. I mean, record profit last year. I'm very grateful for that. Um, and then so 2022 this year is Epic Life, which will be the title of my second book, which I just uh, I'm starting to write very soon. Um, so epic business, epic life. It makes sense. Um, so epic life, epic life. So it's a good, it's a good habit to do that. Name your years. Mm, interesting. Um, Carol, you had a question. Yes. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Justin. I'm, I'm, uh, very, very intrigued by your, by your, um, presentation and your, um, uh, perspective. Thank you. Um, you, you're talking, um, fundamentally about the, um, visionary abundance mindset yeah. that you've talked about a lot. Um, I'd like to know whether you think it's something that a person can cultivate, and if so, uh, you know how to do so, or, or what's what's the key point there? Yeah, um, so that's an excellent question. So I treat my brain like a muscle, uh, the strongest muscle. So I just work on it every day. Um, again, I was always this person. I mean, I just you know, I, I was just born to be this person, but I just work on my mindset every single day. I had sent you, Wendy, that link to the, the mindset uh, scorecard that my firm has. Um, yeah, it's, it takes it five minutes. Oh, thanks. Yeah, it takes five minutes. People love it um, because uh, they like looking at it and talking is a little different than actually like sitting down and taking the survey. And it's been a fascinating thing because um, people actually qualify and disqualify themselves with their own mindset. And then they look at it and be like, oh man, I really haven't thought about this in that type of way. Um, but to simplify mindset is if you have the right mindset, it attracts the right network and, and the network creates the right opportunities for you. So I just work on my mindset every single day, which that attracts the right network, attracts things like Private Wealth Magazine or a new company. My, my business partner, he found me. I didn't He's like, oh, we need to do this. I'm like, okay, fine. Um, um, and then those opportunities are created. Um, but it all starts with your own mindset and having the visionary abundance investment mindset. So if you're asking, what do you cost or charge? Maybe it's not a good idea to ask that anymore. If you're living in scarcity world, maybe it's a good idea to live in abundance world. If you're, if you're, you know, if you're, you know, looking at things in a transactional level, maybe it's time to look at things in a transformational level. If you're not seeing your family, because you're always at the office, maybe that's not a good idea. I mean, but like, again, most people, they stop at the start, they don't, they never actually do anything about it. And for me, that's a complete waste of my time, because those people will never do anything, they won't make the investment. And that takes me away from my family, which it all goes back to every single mm -hmm. time. That is my entire litmus test. It's like your own opportunity filter. It's, 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 that's the, it's, that's perfectly said. I love that. And again, that's how I learn. It's just an opportunity filter um, because people that make, there, there are no excuse again, pattern brain. There are no excuses at the highest level, only investment. Anyone who makes an excuse, my dad got into a plane 
that was shot down multiple times without a parachute many times. You don't make excuses. And I got about eight good years of him, eight good from age five to 13. And so every day he'd say, you know, cream rises to the top, the cream rises to the top. That, that's the first chapter in my next book, cream rises to the top, because you, <laughs> you either rise to the top, or you make an excuse and at the highest level, no excuses, only investments. So I, I have no empathy or understanding for people that make excuses because there are no excuses at this level. You make the investment. That's it fascinating uh karen's gonna unmute herself and ask a question but in the meantime well while she's doing that who are you most thankful for meeting on linkedin on linkedin that's really interesting so my new company is linkedin without the bs but i like linkedin because i have twenty seven thousand followers. Oh, link on linkedin i well i can't answer that i don't know who i'm most thankful for meeting on linkedin most of the people i meet now are in like strategic coach. Like we met in a strategic coach side chat mm -hmm. or abundance 360. Um, man, that's, I, well, if it comes to you, let it send us an email and <laughs> we'll put it in the show notes. <laughs> Karen, what is your question? Bring it on sister. Um, thank you, Dustin. Uh, I oh. love your outlook on life. First, I want to give kudos to your mom because I am a completely solo mom. My kids don't have anything to do with their dad for very different reasons. Mm -hmm. So I know how hard it is to raise an incredible human. And uh, so kudos to your mom. And I also, as Wendy knows, I live in and have lived here most of my life in a very small community where no one has the mindset like you have an You're an alien, 100%. Totally an alien. Yeah, right. So what do you do? What have you done to get over the haters, get over the people no, who no. don't understand us, get <laughs> no, over no, the people no, who no, say no. you're crazy? No, no, no. Yeah, so people like us are, again, sometimes I answer the questions before they're asked. So people like us are aliens within their own family, vertical, and community. Nobody understands mm -hmm. us. So I just make bigger investments to be in small rooms where people understand what I'm talking about. That's why the LinkedIn question, it's hard for me to answer because I don't, that's, that's not, I mean, it just doesn't, um, I like LinkedIn. It just does that's not my audience. Um, um, okay. So let me, why I appreciate what you said, and this is a fundamental thing. So my mom raised me, my older half sister and my two younger brothers um, after my dad died. And so I, I gave the speech at our, at our launch party for the new company. So I'm like, and I thank my mom because she's still alive, you know, thank God. Um, and and um, I go, well, if my mom can do that, I can start a second company with somebody I've only met one time. I mean, okay, she can, that's not, this is nothing compared to that. I mean, um, okay, so I'm, you know, I'm very thankful to her. Here's another interesting thing about my mom. Um, um, I think she saw me as someone who could live out the potential that she wasn't able to. Uh, you know, she was born in 1949, had young kids, husband died, um, um, had to raise family. My mom got her bachelor's degree, I think, when she was 40. I think when she was or a little younger than that. Um, and while she was working full time, I mean, my mom is the biggest hustler in a good way that you'll, I mean, ever. It's unbelievable. But anyway, she was very um, attached to my other siblings, meaning like um, she wanted them around the house and, um, and, you know, very, very coddling with them. With me, right after college, she's like, get the F out of the house. <laughs> she's like, you need to get a job immediately because I think she saw the potential in her that she couldn't, she wasn't able to do. And here's one more interesting thing, because my mom's like a true visionary, she, and like, which is really interesting, but uh, um, um, because I, I see you as the same, like you're very similar. I can already tell that. And uh, my wife's a doctor, um, pediatrician. So she's always made pretty decent money. And my mom always said, even when I was making, you know, I don't know, I was making 30 K a year journalist. She's like, you're always going to make more money than my wife. Or then, and she's like, you're going to make more money than you. I go, what are you talking? But I, I mean, I'm very grateful, but you know, my firm makes a lot more money than my wife does now, but I never thought that, but my mom's literally the only person that's ever said that. And she's a complete alien um, that worked her way around being an alien by just figuring it out. And she pushed me to be a, a fellow alien. 
but to answer your question, like I see, I see you and my mom being very good friends. You would like her a lot. Um, and I think so. Yeah, there's no excuses. She, but my, the other point, that's the other thing with her. She'd never made it, no excuses. Um, and just to dovetail that, my youngest brother died. He died when he was 29 of a drug overdose. Um, and so he'd be 41, and he'd be 41 now. And my mom has never used that as an excuse. She's, she's always looked at it as she still has three other children. She has grandchildren. Um, she lives in a beautiful, she lives in a 10,000 square foot house now and uh, with her, her new husband over the last couple of years, she just never made an excuse. Um, and she just figured it out. And I have a great appreciation. Uh, I, I mean, I have, I'm actually dead last in empathy on my strength finders, but for people like you and my mom, I have endless, like it's beyond, beyond empathy. Like it's beyond because they'll do whatever it takes. They won't make an excuse. And that's what it starts with. There are no excuses. There just aren't. Um, as a follow-up to that, I would like to share something quickly. Um, my son, I have one son and two daughters. Um, when he was eight weeks old, they told me he would never walk or talk because he was born with a permanent brain injury. Right. And as he got through that and he walks and talks and does everything just as well as everybody else on the planet. Um, what I used to tell him when he was a toddler was there's no such thing as I can't, there's only, I don't want to. And I think that's what got him through all of that to be the normal person that he is now. And then two years ago, he was diagnosed with cancer and fought it like a champion. So again, the no excuses, I totally get. And that's how I've raised my kids. How old, so, how old? How yes. old is he? He's now 21. And uh, like I said, as normal as well, do you know what? He's trying, he's, he's finding his way. Cancer took a lot out of him, but he's, he's now finding his way. And I think he will totally be an entrepreneur. Oh, I mean, there's, I mean, so, so again, I simplify into patterns. So I haven't met one entrepreneur at the highest level. I'm not talking about business owners. I'm not talking about humans. I'm talking about the top, I mean, the very top that hasn't overcome at least one of the following four things, most are two or three. Uh, and then I talk to a lot of all fours. This is, this is what separates entrepreneurs from humans and business owners. This is, this is the fundamental. So here are the four things. Okay, here, here we go. This is entrepreneurial. So one is bankruptcy or potential bankruptcy. Two is depression. Three is the highest level of anxiety you can imagine. And four, likely and or possible traumatic experiences as a child or young adult. So humans and business owners use those as excuses their whole lives. Entrepreneur at the highest level, eh, figure it out, execute. No excuse, execute. Love it. Thank yeah, you. I love that. I love that. Thank you so much, Justin. How do people get a hold of you if they uh, if they're ready for an investment in you? Well, um, that link is a good that survey link is a good way to. Okay, yeah. so that link will be uh, in the comments on all social and in the media things. Um, Justin, thank you so much. I I believe that the real bottom line today is work on your mindset every day because your mindset leads to networking, which leads to opportunity. Thank you for listening to The Real Bottom Line. This show is produced by Black Star Wealth. Executive producer, Wendy Brookhouse. To learn more about the show or to contact us, go to blackstarwealth.com.